Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are making a big impact in our community by helping others and by sharing various resources. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. When I say the word home, what words or ideas come to mind? What does home look like for you, and how would you define it? Four walls and a roof over your head is reality for many, but it isn't the way I would define home. Words like love, togetherness, or memories are the first things that come to my mind. Or maybe you have a favorite saying like, there's no place like home, or the best journey takes you home. Or, I love this one, home is the starting place of love, hope, and dreams. I can agree with all these statements because home is that for me, but unfortunately that isn't the case with everyone. What if the more accurate word or phrase that comes to mind is broken, either literally or emotionally? Maybe it's words like embarrassing or run down or in a constant state of repair. What if the saying, home is where our story begins, is more like a tearjerker than a feel-good story? Today we're going to learn about a nonprofit organization in Milwaukee who turns these broken places, both literally and figuratively, into wholeness, into a place of comfort, beauty, and pride. My first guest today is Linnea Katz-Pettit. Chief Executive Officer of Revitalize Milwaukee, whose goal is to preserve affordable housing and revitalize vulnerable neighborhoods. Welcome to the show today, Linnea. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So I understand that Revitalize Milwaukee has invested over $20 million in our community over the last 20 years. That's quite an impact and very impressive. Why did you get involved with the organization that has done so much for the community? Uh, I never knew my story was going to continue on past a very um, brief stint that I was planning on of helping an organization grow to um, accommodate one more year of doing free home repairs. So it was back in uh, 2005, actually. I had left corporate America. I wanted something more meaningful. And on that journey, I'd met somebody who needed some assistance uh, to take their um, small nonprofit to a next level. And in doing so, um, they uh, hired me for 20 hours a week um, and $20,000 a year to take uh, this nonprofit that was all volunteer-based doing 10 homes a year and turn it into um, doubling the number of homes that we were able to do. So it was all on a one-day event, kind of like a mini home extreme makeover. Uh, and then uh, what happened was really remarkable on many levels. Um, I got to meet some of the homeowners, and I got to also answer the calls that were coming in with desperate, desperate needs for help. Mm. And it really changed me, both of those things, in a way that I never anticipated would impact me. Uh, and that started uh, my drive and my, my mission to make sure that anyone who calls us uh, will get help. And we've since grown from uh, that time from doing the 10 homes a year to now doing over 400 homes a year for very, very deserving uh, individuals. So wow. it's been wow. it's quite a journey. Yeah, well, 20 million over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really something. What would you say is the big picture purpose of Revitalize Milwaukee? 
really to um, stabilize neighborhoods, help individuals feel like they're part of the neighborhood, and help them give um, their their hope and resilience back. When you talk about home, you know, we go there and it's a place for us to feel safe, right? And oftentimes, um, many times when these individuals are going home, it's no longer a safe place. Mm. And it's very, uh, as you mentioned, embarrassing. Uh, They don't know what to do. And uh, I've never seen more resilient people, I can tell you, uh, than the homeowners that we've met that have had to work around some of the very catastrophic situations that have happened and having no ability uh, in terms of funding or sometimes physical ability to do the work themselves. Mm. And how blessed they are to have somebody like Revitalize Milwaukee on their side, right? Um, What would you say sets you apart then from other housing organizations in Milwaukee? We're really driven to make sure that the homeowner uh, gets an opportunity to age in place and stay in their homes like we all would. We all want to you know, end our days in a place that uh, we uh, feel comfortable. We've maybe been for 30 or 40 years. And uh, by able to doing the repairs we have, not, we not only give them hope, but we also give them understanding that someone cares and that we can then contribute um, to their success of their longevity. We had a gentleman who was in a home. His wife uh, had had a stroke and ended up in a nursing care. And he was in a mobile wheelchair, could not leave his home. There was no ramp on the home. We built him a four-tiered wheelchair, um, and he was able to get to his wife to say goodbye. Mm. Uh, and military background, integral part of the community uh, for a very long time, and uh and it was just his life changed when we were able to help him. And now uh, we still, uh, I see him in the neighborhoods every now and then, and he scoots up to me, has a huge smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, his whole entire demeanor has changed, uh, and his life has changed for the better. Mm, that's got to be so fulfilling, so fulfilling. So I understand you serve seniors, as you, you mentioned, uh, veterans, and people with disabilities. Um, why is that? Why specifically those demographics? It's important for us to really help the people who need it the most. And uh, once you've worked your whole entire life uh, and you're ready to uh, collect your Social Security, you still want to stay in your home. And sometimes just those you know, small things that you need to repair, maybe a door might be too much for you. But certainly when there's a catastrophic situation happen, like a water heater fails or um, there might be a door that's so rotted it falls off your front door, you need to replace the frame and it's a health and safety issue. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for us to make sure that we're there um, to help them and then also make sure that we're um, helping understand their situation. So we, we look at it from many different aspects, not just the fixing of the home, but also more so the fixing of the heart. Oh, sure. well, I like that. I like how you say that. Um, so then how does the client, the homeowner, ask for home repairs? I mean, do what are the qualifications? Mm-hmm. They just call you up and say, I need you? <laughs> and then yeah. you, okay, we'll, we'll be mm-hmm. there post-haste. Sure. Um, We actually have an application process, but we try and make it as simple as possible. Uh, So we look at their income levels, uh, and there's um, on the actual application, there's income levels. We have a variety of uh, different um, vetting processes so we can make sure that we're helping the people who need it the most. And then uh, we work with them to get their paperwork in and then, uh, you know, deploy contractors to help them as as quickly as possibly can. Mm. How do they respond? I mean, Uh, you, you talked, you gave us a little bit of a story before, but... yeah. You have others that you can share? It is. It's truly life-changing. They get me every time, uh, and it's what has kept me here. Um, This is really, really hard work. 
but hearing from the homeowners and their families and doing simple things like being able to get on and off a toilet by themselves really brings back their dignity. Mm. And for anyone who's been sick or have had um, you know, a family member that's been sick and not been able to care for themselves, even though they've desperately wanted to, and to be able to provide that to somebody, um, you know, it, it really truly is underestimating what fellow humans can do for one another. Mm. And again, just bringing people together, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's people that are performing the service or just bringing a family together, preventing them from falling apart because right. of, again, either literally the home is falling apart or maybe the relationships are falling apart, just bringing together, being that organization that brings it together is, right. is wonderful. So Revitalize Milwaukee is performing a multitude of tasks, repairs, et cetera, for veterans, seniors, and the disabled population. And that's, that's a tall order. So my question is, who performs the work? You know, do they have a large staff of people in the trades on their payroll? You know, how how do they accomplish all this work? So stay tuned to find out after we return from commercial break. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Linnea Katz-Pettit from Revitalize Milwaukee. So, Linnea, do you staff qualified people who do the home repairs for the people that you serve? Absolutely. Um, I have to first say I have an incredible team at the office who are so dedicated to our committee and helping people stay in their homes, and they're the first line of defense. They get the phone calls, the desperations. Uh, and the tears, and uh, they're the ones who uh, really make all the magic happen. Um, once we process their application and we vetted them, then we have qualified um, uh, contractors that go out, they're licensed, and uh, they perform their repairs. Uh, and we pay them, um, just like we would anybody else, and uh, they get to go into these homes and uh, make life-changing repairs for individuals. We also follow up afterwards with uh, pictures and surveys mm. and making sure that we did a good job for these homeowners and uh, and then uh, we move on to the next person in the line. Mm. I can think of myself a number of different things that I could just use uh, help with mm-hmm. you know and, and my husband's there to to help with certain things but either you don't have the time or you don't have uh, you don't know of somebody you know I can imagine people that find themselves in their situation where they either can't afford it or just don't know where to turn and right. to know that you've got contractors that specialize in all these different areas very nice. Um, I imagine it could be quite dangerous living in a home that's in need of dire repair, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so. And uh, and I think sometimes people don't really understand the severity of some of the, the choices um, that they've had to kind of be the resilient choices. So, for example, if somebody's uh, breaker box needs to be upgraded for their electrical uh, and they keep losing uh, portions of the, the service, they'll then improvise by putting uh, extension cords and oftentimes through the whole entire um, home and maybe drape through the um, the drop down ceiling and uh, and not only is that incredibly dangerous from overloading a circuit breaker but also from a trip hazard uh, and then understanding too what happens when that goes as well and a lot of times as we all age our sight starts to go and uh, seeing things clearly is not exactly uh, an easy step and and one of the things that we see a lot is that when people can't see then they fall mm. and if they fall um, there's an 80 percent chance 
80% chance they're not going to be able to come home after they've um, broken their hip and ended up in a, a nursing care, uh, all of which is very preventable. But at the same time, uh, we need to be aware of it. And, you know, the homeowners are just looking at it from like, well, this is what I need you to do to get by. Right. Um, right. And there's many situations where we've seen that it's frightening that the place is not already caught on fire. I'm mm. not going to lie. It's, it's pretty heartbreaking. And then I think, too, in the winter, you know, yeah. Wisconsin has some pretty cold winters. So if you've got a furnace that mm-hmm. is not working and you use like a a, a, a heater, right. a space heater or something. I've heard of a lot of accidents that happen mm-hmm. with that. Or just, um, you know, maybe they have a cold floor and they put those, those rug runners. Right. And I've seen and heard about many people who trip on these rugs. And again, as you said, I, I didn't realize that statistic that, what is it, 80% that break mm-hmm. a hip will not return Never to their home? home. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, what else does Revitalize Milwaukee do then, uh, you know, aside from the home repairs? How else are you filling the gaps? Sure. So one of the things that's really important to me uh, and our organization is making sure that we're a collaborative partner, that we're really um, talking the walk, we're making sure that we're changing our community every day. I have a litmus test. If I'm not better today than I was a year ago, I'm not doing something right. And that also applies to the organization. So we're constantly innovating and trying to figure out how we can meet people where they are and how we can really take care of their heart and their home at the same time. So we're not just um, fixing something. You can have a most beautiful home, but if there's nobody in it, the home literally deteriorates. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we're finding the situations where either they're multi-generational homes, they've been passed down through, um, you know, grandfather to uh, grandchild and now to the child of um, uh, the person who's living there. And uh, and sometimes there's nothing been done. Like there's still not been two wiring in many, many homes. Uh, and it's simply from a fact of that they just, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then other times you're just so busy trying to keep it together uh, that you really uh, don't have time to focus on uh, the things that are appearing to work well. Um, so we really uh, make sure that we're listening to the homeowners and we're really looking to try and increase their quality of life and their contribution to the community. So those are the things that matter to me uh, and make sure that um, th- they feel heard. Um, these are individuals who've built our city, mm. and they really have um, contributed way more than I think we give them credit for. And oftentimes, uh, I feel like there's uh, individuals that might have a uh, misunderstanding of the populations that are in these inner cities and how hard they've worked and how much they've done uh, for Milwaukee and the surrounding areas. And uh, they deserve a lot better, in my opinion, than they're getting. And so we're on a mission to change that mm-hmm. and make sure that we're part of the, like I said, we're part of the solution and we're going to move that forward so that uh, we can wake up the next day and help hopefully 400 more homeowners next year. Mm. Well, I think about the population you serve, okay? Let's think about a veteran. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that veteran is suffering from PTSD. What I find interesting is that you will help that veteran with their home mm-hmm. and home repairs, but you're also able to help them connect with other resources. So that's under that category of what else do you do aside from home repairs, right? You're, I think you said before, you know, you go in and you assess what does this individual need. Correct. And it could very well be something right in the home, but also a resource that you 
would like to provide that, and then you go on to connect them to that resource, correct? Absolutely. There was, um, early on in my career um, at this organization, I would return people's phone calls, and there would, um, the person would just surely just the fact that I called them back be in tears. Mm. Uh, and they didn't know what they didn't know, and they didn't know where to go. And as I've continued on, it's I've made it you know part of our mission to make sure that we're finding those resources so that we can kind of be that one-stop shop, and we really can provide them with all of the um, access to services that they would need. So it might be um, a referral to an organization that um, might be for healthcare. There might be rides to the doctors. There might be a companion program. Uh, there might be, um, you know, group services for PTSD, but understanding um, and learning about the homeowner is is a critical part in the process. And we really um, do our services from from ground up. We're very um, mission driven, and every day uh, the team uh, I ask them to say, okay, if we're not doing something today to help a homeowner tomorrow then we need to be doing something different. Is that part of what you think Milwaukee needs to make housing safer and more accessible for everyone, or are you have some other thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, the overall Milwaukee area is in such disrepair, uh, and it's behind closed doors, so it's really quiet and very private. And, you know, people who are struggling oftentimes aren't going to go raise their hand and say, hey, I really need help. You know, how many times do we know our parents, right? We ask them if they're doing okay, uh, and you find out they fell, and they didn't want to tell you until afterwards. Mm. Um, So people are not going to generally, you know, share with you that they're in very desperate situations. Um, And so I think we have the data. um, And for me, that's the collaborative piece of it. We all have incredible uh, talents in the nonprofit community, but we need to work together in a much better way. And I think Mm. if that was my one wish is that, um, you know, the city partnering with the nonprofits and uh, corporations uh, to invest in the, in the places and um, people that they're um, employing and uh, in the neighborhoods that they're working uh, would be my ask. Mm. Okay. So uh, I'm sure you have a long list of resources on your partner mm-hmm. list. Um, and so collaboration for you looks like crossing over into other lanes, if you will, right. you know, making sure that you collaborate with each organization, nonprofit organization, does something well, but they can't do everything, right? right? And so reaching across the aisle saying, I've got this situation, I can provide in this regard, can you provide for that? And so that would be your your hope is that we open up those Those avenues, yeah. yeah. And really authentically, too, because we like to partner with people who we can uh, know that have our backs and we have their backs. And um, and when, when you can trust somebody 100%, which is our partners, it is made in heaven. And we can make we can move heaven and earth in order to make something happen for a homeowner uh, as opposed to um, feeling like you have to compete against somebody. Mm. Um, th- I come from abundance mentality, and this world is a beautiful, abundant place. And how can we take some of these challenges and turn them into opportunities and really, um, again, change the trajectory of how people are living in our city that desperately need it? Mm. Let's say there's an organization listening, or an individual for that matter, uh, that wants to partner with Revitalize Milwaukee, either financially or in another way. What what would they do? How would they reach out to you? Uh, they could certainly come to our website, um, or they can give uh, myself a call. Um, either one. Uh, we are always 
one of the things we also do really well, if I could just interject too, is um, turnkey volunteer activities for companies. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, the team is incredible. We have a, a proven process and a system so that we can set up a really rewarding uh, opportunity for someone uh, to give back to their community through their company. So we organize it all. We take care of um, all the, the building materials, the vetting of the homeowners, all that kind of stuff so that uh, companies can come in and have a really beautiful uh, day with their employees uh, and have a turnkey um, experience that they don't have to manage. There is a cost to it, um, but at the end of the day, we all um, benefit from uh, the opportunity. Uh, we're not government-funded organization, so it's really important that we work with our community partners to um, to help. So one of the first places people can look is going to be our website, which is uh, freehomerepairs.org. And uh, we would, you know, suggest starting there. Um, my contact information is on there, along with uh, the rest of the team members. And we'd be happy to, to um, talk about any possibilities. We don't um, do box, you know, projects. We're very um, interested in helping companies and individuals meeting their giving goals. So it's really very customized experience, uh, just as we work with our homeowners as well. So Okay, wonderful. Well, one more time, the website, so people can reach out? Sure, it's www.freehomerepairs.org. Oh, okay, thank you. Well, thank you, Linnea, for participating in our interview today. Thank you for being here. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I was doing research for a show a few years back, and I came across a statistic that surprised me and, and really stuck with me. You know how there are certain things that strike a chord with you for whatever reason, and, and this was one of those things. As a result of the statistic, there was a movement or an initiative, if you will, that was called 22 a Day. Mm. It's based on the statistic that there are 22 veteran suicides in the United States every day. That's one every 65 minutes. Now, I believe that the statistic was from 2018 or 2019. So according to a June 2021 report, among post-9-11 veterans between 18 years old and 35 years of age, the rate of death by suicide is two and a half times that of all civilians and double that of civilians the same age. So... The numbers look a bit different, but the bottom line is that our veterans are struggling, not only in the area of housing. Uh, Linnea just shared with us some of the things that they're doing to support our vets, uh, which is wonderful. Um, but we have to take a break now, but uh, stay tuned because when we come back, you'll have the opportunity to educate yourselves about an organization that's putting together a network of resources to help and support this very vulnerable population. And we'll also give you ideas for how you can offer assistance as well. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My dad was a Korean War vet and my brother a Vietnam vet, but I was not aware of the veteran statistics that I quoted before our break. Uh, maybe that's because neither one served on the front lines. I don't know. Um, you know, we didn't experience this particular challenge, but it was never really discussed either. We want to be sure that we are informing you with the information that we share on the show, but we also want to inspire you and help you find a way to make a difference regarding a cause or a topic that resonates with you. 
You'll learn about some sobering statistics today, but we'll also highlight a great organization that's rising to the challenge with a goal of making a difference. My next guest today is Quentin Hatfield, Executive Director of Wisconsin Veterans Network, who works with more than 200 agencies across the state to bring critical services to at-risk veterans and their families. Welcome to the show today, Quentin. Thank you, um, and it's a pleasure to be here, a privilege. I'm happy to have you here. So why don't you start first by telling us um, what's your background? You know, How did you get involved in veteran issues and services? Well, my background was primarily uh, on the for-profit side of the world, a 45-year career in manufacturing and importing. and um, But I am a veteran, and when I re- we retired to Kentucky and started having grandchildren in Wisconsin and moved here, uh, I became aware of a new startup organization, their need for leadership, and I thought I have skills I could bring to the table. Yeah, why don't you share briefly your experience, your military experience? I spent 13 months and seven days in Vietnam. I, can, I know that to the day because uh, if you came home early with with a uh, less than 150 days remaining, you could get out of that man's army. So I extended over there so I could come home and be a civilian again. Mm. And uh, I'm sure you have uh, some interesting stories to share in, in that regard, as all veterans do, I believe. Um, good and maybe not so good, right? Tell us then, what is... Wisconsin Veterans Network, or VetsNet, and who do you serve? I mean, obviously you serve the veterans, but can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit more? VetsNet is a collaborating agency. There are very few of direct service kinds of things that we do, and only in emergency situations do we do those. We partner with all kinds of organizations across the state of Wisconsin, certainly veteran service organizations, other nonprofits, either veteran-related or not, uh, county, city, and state agencies who are in the human services business, anybody who can deliver resources to help people either in crisis or with urgent needs, that's who we partner with uh, and in every county in the state of Wisconsin. And so I think it's it's important that people understand that it's not so much direct services, but more providing the resources and the connections that the veterans need, correct? The problem that we have in the veteran service community is that veterans are not aware largely of where to find the help they need. And so they have gone maybe to 15 different places knocking on doors and not been able to find the assistance that they need. Our job is to know not only who the agencies are that can help them, veteran service agencies or non-veteran agencies, but know what the qualifiers are for those agencies. So we do a complete intake and assessment of veteran need to identify not only the immediate need, but what are the driving causes of those, uh, those current situations so that we can go upstream, solve all the problems involved, know which agency to connect them to, qualify them before we give them to that agency so that the assistance can be quick. Okay, so you kind of do a needs assessment, if you will, when you're dealing with uh, a particular individual, and that will dictate where you connect them. That's correct. Okay. So there's a statistic out there that says that, there's, this is unbelievable, that only about 59% of 350,000-plus current veterans in Wisconsin qualify to receive veteran benefits. 
Why is that? There are a lot of reasons for that, and of course, the, your your average listener would probably think uh, if they have a dishonorable discharge, they won't qualify for uh, Veterans Administration benefits, and certainly that is true. There are a lot of other qualifiers as well, and among the biggest is uh, the, the requirement that you have 180 plus consecutive service days, active duty service days, to qualify for veteran benefits. That's a definition written by Congress. It takes Congress to change it. So anyone in veteran services, like the VFW, American Legion, and the other veteran service organizations who are chartered by Congress have to also follow that rule. Uh, Our rule is if you wore the uniform, we will serve you. We don't ask about the discharge status. Uh, We do ask for proof of service. That's all we ask for. Our job is to serve human need. Mm. And that's wonderful. I mean, I've interviewed other veteran organizations, and one veteran that I talked to said that they fell short by one day. One day. And then they were not able to receive the services that their friends, their comrades were receiving. I find that just crazy. That's you'll crazy. See, you'll see, you're talking to National Guard or Reserve veterans. If they don't have those consecutive days of active duty, a governor could deploy the National Guard to a disaster area. Uh, they're there for 30 days. They come home. If they don't get 180 consecutive days of active duty, uh, they can be in the National Guard for 15 years and still not qualify for veteran benefits. Mm, that's that's got to be changed, right? Oh, my goodness. Well, we understand that veterans who are struggling with any number of challenges, that's a nationwide problem. And there are a number of wonderful organizations that are offering support services. We want to make sure that we, um, that we say that. We appreciate them. Um, but we need to make sure that veterans and those that support them are made aware of the services that are available, right? So stay tuned, and after the break, we'll hear what Wisconsin Veterans Network is doing to be sure that happens. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, And I'm talking in this remaining segment with Quentin Hatfield, Executive Director of Wisconsin Veterans Network. So awareness is key, right, Quentin? Um, You know, if people don't know what services are available, they can't very well seek them out, can they? So Wisconsin Veterans Network doesn't only serve Milwaukee area veterans, do they? That's correct. We have about 75 partners in southeast Wisconsin from Kenosha wrapping around Milwaukee to to uh, the counties north of Milwaukee. Uh, but across the state, we have uh, partnerships and resource groups in Green Bay, Wausau, uh, Eau Claire, and uh, La Crosse and other cities so that we can connect veterans to, to resources no matter where they are in Wisconsin. Okay, so you're hitting... All 72 counties in Wisconsin. We've served all 72 counties. Yes, nice, nice. Um, And then how do veterans find you specifically to seek assistance? I mean, walk us through the process. My favorite way, uh, since our inception about two years in, a lot of our referrals come from other veterans whom we've served. Uh, The VA itself, 
refers veterans to us, as does the Wisconsin Department of Veteran Affairs. The other veteran service organizations, like the Center for Veterans Issues, refers veterans to us. And uh, organizations uh, like Revitalize Milwaukee, if they're working on a low-income veteran home and there's a need identified they don't address, they refer veterans to us. So our veterans come to us maybe through our website. They are doing research, trying to find help. They can do our complete intake through our website, and we don't need to see them in person in order to be able to serve them. Okay, which is a good thing since a lot of things are being done remotely now, right? Correct. You can just uh, figure out a solution uh, remotely. So Linnea was talking about the fact that uh, uh, Revitalize Milwaukee partners with you. Um, who are some of your other service partners, and why do you think they, they partner with the Wisconsin Veterans Network? Well, obviously, we partner with organizations like the Center for Veterans Issue, uh, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the American Legion, and other veteran service organizations. We also partner with agencies like the agencies serving just human resources, county and city, the departments of social services or human or health services, and any other agency in the business of providing help to people. So um, those agencies can be um, local, they can be remote. I think they partner with us, frankly, Jill, because they know we're not getting into their space trying to do what they do. We don't want to do that. Uh, but frankly, most of the veterans that we're serving, and that's over 400 a year on average, can't find those resources. So our job is to find them and turn them over to people who can expertly and quickly take care of their needs. Mm. Why don't you share with us, Quentin, uh, an example of how you've been able to tap into that network that you have for a non-veteran? It's always the front page news about homeless veterans. We can solve that quickly. And other veterans need mental health needs, substance abuse needs, rent assistance, utility assistance. And there are traditional resources, veteran resources, to help in most of those cases. But then you run across the case like a single mom in Brookfield who is a full-time student. She works full-time. She has three teenage daughters. She owns her own home. She's doing everything she can to improve her life and her refrigerator goes out. There are no veteran resources for those kinds of needs, but partnerships with people like Home Depot and others who can help uh, through heavily discounting or giving of the appliance and installing the appliance help us solve those kinds of needs which come at us every day. Mm. That's wonderful to know that. The partnership list is a long one then. And you're serving over 400 a year? Is, veterans yeah, and veteran families, yes. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, being a veteran yourself, um, you know, are you involved in, in other veteran-related organizations? I am. Uh, I serve on the executive committee of the Veterans Health Coalition, which is a group of veteran and non-veteran uh, organizations here in southeast Wisconsin uh, identifying and trying to address veteran health needs, mental health, physical health, uh, et cetera. I'm serving on the Southeast Wisconsin, the VA Southeast Wisconsin Veteran Suicide Prevention Task Force. I serve uh, with the Governor's Committee advising his cabinet on homelessness across the state of Wisconsin and plugged into the uh, continuum of care in Washington County and outstate, uh, balance of state as it's called, and uh, any place that we can serve to to help those agencies and those communities address need, veteran or not. 
uh, it's a privilege to serve. Mm, you're a busy guy. <laughs> and thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. So the question in my mind and perhaps others is is funding. You know, how how is Wisconsin Veterans Network funded? We are funded entirely by gifts, either from foundations through grants, corporations, and individuals. And we are because if we take government funding, particularly federal funding, we'll become one of those who has to abide by the rule of who is a veteran and whom can we serve, and we choose not to do that. Mm. What do you think is new in terms of developments in the area of veteran services? You've kind of articulated, you know, the challenges and all these different things that you're involved in to help. You know, what, what do you think is new or, or needed in that area of veteran services? The most exciting new development in veteran services is an initiative that the VA has finally entered into with nonprofits. Uh, thus far, only in about six states, we'll be the first nonprofit in Wisconsin to be involved, and it's called an expiration term of service. When you come out of the military, you are ETSing, you are expiring your term of service. Uh, and so what has been traditionally happening is when you go into the military jail, uh, in basic training, it's the military's function to tear you down and then build you back up as a, as a warrior. You have a team, you have a mission, uh, you have people around you, you know who support you. Uh, but typically when you exit the military, you're on your own. Mm. And that's what in many cases leads to so many crises in veterans' lives. They don't have a team, they don't mission, don't have a mission or purpose, and don't know where to turn for assistance. So this program will allow us to beginning, begin working with transitioning service members that are still on active duty six to 12 months before they come home. And we will have uh, individual sponsors for those veterans or those transitioning service members and begin to identify what resources need to be in place when they hit the ground coming home to Wisconsin. We know, for instance, there are 700 average a year Army personnel coming home to Wisconsin. Uh, currently, they're coming home and they don't have a support network. Uh, this program will allow us to be in contact early, identify the issues early, and help them understand there is a big network of people across Wisconsin ready to help them when they get home and have those resources in place when they get home. Mm. And give us the name of that um, initiative again. Expiration Term of Service. Okay. And people can probably Google that and get some more information if maybe somebody wants to contribute to that cause. And more importantly, they can Google that and sign up to be a sponsor to help help transitioning service members come home. There you go. So I can see uh, that being a, a great, something for a business to get involved in. You know, how many businesses are looking for give back opportunities and, and what a wonderful way to do that. If somebody wants to get involved in that, who should they reach out to? They can reach out to us at Wisconsin Veterans Network and okay. the phone is 414-257-3624 or uh, it, you can email info at wisvetsnet.org. Okay, give us that one more time. Phone number 414-257-3624. Email at info at org. Okay, wonderful. I say this all the time. There is never enough time to uh, to get to everything we want to talk about, but the, the goal here is to just plant that mustard seed so people are at least aware 
that uh, your organization exists and Linnea's uh, organization, so Revitalize Milwaukee and Wisconsin Veterans Network. We want to make sure that people are aware. Before we leave, though, what's what's one thing that you want to say to the veteran that is listening to this interview? My message is if you have a need or your family has needs or you know a veteran who has needs, there are over 500 nonprofit organizations in Wisconsin alone serving veterans, in addition to all the, the veteran service organizations and the VA and the WDVA. So there is no reason for that need to go unmet. Call us, go to our website, tell us what your need is, and we will start to work for you. Mm, wonderful. Wonderfully said. Well, thank you again to Quentin Hatfield from Wisconsin Veterans Network and also Linnea Katz-Pettit from Revitalize Milwaukee. Thank you both for all the ways that you make a difference in our community. And again, thank you for your service. Thank you, and thanks for the opportunity to tell our story. You are welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place to live and a great place to work. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can also listen on your cell phone via the iHeart Radio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com, and you can listen to previously aired shows. You can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So no matter where you are, if you have an Internet connection, you can listen to an interview. Think about who you know uh, that would benefit from the information we shared today. And I'm asking if you would let them know the various ways that they can listen to the show and get educated about how they themselves could benefit or perhaps someone they know who could benefit from the important information Linnea and Quentin talked about today. When you do this, you will most certainly have found a way to be a blessing and share a blessing. Thank you and have a great day.